Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. Thursday, it is July 4th, it is 2019, and we have 10 baseball games we're going to break down here on today's podcast. The six games on the early slate, the four games on the main slate, and I am joined by my buddy Jordan Cooper, Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Good. The the last time that I was on, I won $30,000, so we got to up that this time. You have set the bar high, my friend. Um, You have put the put the bar where it's uh it's gonna be tough for you on this slate um there's not first of all there's not a ton of big prize pools out there on this slate and second of all this slate is just um it's ugly um go and go enjoy fourth of july with your family is my best advice that i'm gonna give on this podcast well i'm gonna i'm gonna enjoy uh as best as i can with my uh mother-in-law and in the middle of nowhere with like a ton of kids and a ton of fireworks so to uh to tide me over, you know, playing a couple of lineups and uh, looking at the MLB app for my in-play outs and in-play runs uh, sounds better than dealing with that. Oh, don't we love those mother-in-laws? Um, my mother-in-law is driving me insane right now trying to plan a baby shower. So, yay, fun stuff. Let's get into it. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. You'll also get access to any cool promos that we run with Fantasy Draft. So if you have not checked them out, uh, now's a good time to check them out. We get started here with the six-game early slate. It's Detroit. It's Chicago White Sox. It's Matt Boyd and Renardo Lopez. The matchup that we were hoping for on Tuesday Got rained out. They didn't pitch on Wednesday, and here we are on Thursday where we're going to see both of these arms. When we're looking at the slate, we don't have a ton of pitching. What are you doing here with Matt Boyd? I think Matt Boyd's going to be popular. I think this slate, uh, there are multiple pitchers in the in the 10K range that are, I guess, viable for a six-gamer, but none that I'm really thrilled about playing. I think Matt Boyd probably is the best talent out of the bunch, and the best matchup going against a fairly strikeout-heavy White Sox team. But Matt Boyd still could get hit up, and there are righties in this lineup with power. So I'm more inclined in GPP to, uh, if Boyd's going to be popular, I don't mind playing two or three right-handed bats against him. Uh, but uh, if, if, if he's not, probably from a cash game perspective, I would probably play Boyd over a Castillo or a Berrios. But I'm, I'm still not throwing. I want all the strikeouts I could get. And hopefully he doesn't give up two or three home runs. Yeah, I'm probably going to play one lineup on both sites. Um, not going to play a ton today. Uh, going to be at the racetrack getting ready for the Daytona race on Saturday night. And, um, you know, we, we have to be over there for practice and stuff. Pay attention to everything that's going on. So I'll be doing that um, tomorrow. So I'm only going to play one lineup on both sites. And I honestly, I like Matt Boyd enough where I think like he definitely makes the cut on DraftKings. Um, so I think that he is certainly in play here. Like you said, if his ownership becomes really high, Jose Barrios gets a right-handed heavy Oakland offense. And we know that he's a guy that has strikeout upside and both Woodruff and Castillo even facing against each other, both have strikeouts. So we'll talk about those guys when we get there. But Renardo Lopez was a guy that I played a ton of on Tuesday. Obviously, that game got postponed. It did not work out. But I'll tell you one thing, Jordan. I'm going right back to the well here um, with Renato Lopez. Well, I could see why. I mean, for 5,600 against the Tigers, I mean, it's, you can't get that much better of a of a matchup. But the the problem is, is that I think Renato Lopez is like the t- perfect type of pitcher where you want to play when he's low owned and fade when he's high owned. The problem is, is that like I don't see like high price stacks or anything that I'm thrilled about playing. So like, I don't know how popular Lopez is actually going to be. I think people may go for, for two kind of mid range ish pitchers. Uh, so like, yeah, if, if Lopez is lower owned, I just have to, I just, I guess I have to stack uh, like the Yankees or something like that. 
in order to fit that in. But I mean, I think from a point per dollar perspective, Ronaldo Lopez is in a great spot, but hopefully he's the type of player where uh, you may wish after the slate was over that his game was postponed. <laughs> yeah, obviously it could go both ways here, but we look at this team. They have a 24.7% strikeout rate against righties. Um 20.5% is the lowest right-handed bat in this lineup. So when you're looking at the matchup, obviously Renardo Lopez is a guy that gives up power to both sides of the plate, and you worry about that. But the strikeout upside is certainly there. We've just seen how bad this Detroit team has been um time after time again. So certainly a spot that I want to play um, Renardo Lopez. As far as Detroit bats go, I will have at least, uh, you know, I might have to make two teams because I, I want to hedge stack if I'm going to play a lot of Lopez, but not playing as much where I was on Tuesday. Like I had Detroit hedge stacks on Tuesday is not playing as much. I might not have to worry about hedging it and just, you know, let it, let it, let it fly. Let it ride. I don't know why you have to hedge it at all. I don't mind that the Tigers I've invested too much money into the Tigers this year that when they're in spots like this, I just have to play them when you possibly get a, you know, a Kristen Stewart in the lineup for 3,600. I mean, Jimer Candelario isn't, you know, the, the sexiest of options, but third base eligible at 3,400. If Goodrum is higher in the, the lineup, he's now so shortstop eligible. The problem is figuring out who to play between Dixon and, and Miggy. Uh, I typically lean with Dixon because I don't trust Miggy to have any power anymore. Uh, but I mean, Brandon Dixon is 4,300, but I mean, it's a cheap enough stack that you could play two better pitchers with. Uh, like I, like I said before, like I, I'd love to play Lopez. It's just that I, I don't even love the bats. So I'm more likely to play the Tigers and fade Lopez than do the vice versa. Um, any interest here in the White Sox bats against Boyd? Well, if Boyd's going to be popular. I think, uh, Moncada, Abreu, McCann, Eloy Jimenez, even Jose Rondon, he's 2,100 on DraftKings, second base eligible. Uh, if you're going to make a, I know it's a six-game slate, so you don't need to maximize correlation to the extreme. You don't need to play a five-man. You could play threes and fours. But if I was going to play a four or even a five-man, I mean, throwing him in, I mean, he does have enough pop that, uh, like, Boyd's not the type of guy that I think is going to blow up and give up six runs, but he could give up two or three home runs and still have a decent enough performance. But I think filling, you know, catcher with McCann, uh, Abreu, and and you take one of the other guys. I I don't think that's a bad option if Boyd's going to be 30, 35, 40% owned. Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, Abreu, McCann, probably my two favorite plays. Um, Jimenez is fine. Um, that's kind of where I stop. But I completely understand if he's popular. He, does, he is a fly ball guy. He gives up a lot of hard contact to righties. He's going to face a lot of righties here. You know, we're, we're playing him because he has a 31% K rate against righties. Um, moving on, we got the Brewers and the Reds. Um, Woodruff against Castillo. You know, obviously, when you're looking at both of these pitchers, they're both very good pitchers. Um, do you have any interest here in Woodruff? I think he's going to be the highest on pitcher on the slate. I think that in comparison to Boyd, Castillo, Berrios, I mean... Woodruff may not be a name, but if you take a look at his stats this year, like he's an ace pitcher. Uh, I mean, he's going to be facing a Reds lineup that isn't all that great. Uh, he, he gets strikeouts to both sides of the plate. Uh, I, I, I don't see any reason why I need to pay uh, $1,600 more for Berrios when I could just play Woodruff against the Reds team where they have, a four, they have the lowest implied team total on the slate at 4.3 runs. That uh, to me, it seems like it seems like all these pitchers are about the same, and Woodruff is just cheaper than them all. Yeah, you, you know, obviously, like you said, the lowest implied total on the slate. Woodruff is a guy that you know certainly has upside uh, against both sides, much more upside against righties. But when you look at this lineup, like you know, they're not playing Dietrich every day. Um, so like maybe Puig's in there instead of Dietrich. Maybe Scooter gets the day off and Dietrich's in there. Like. I think we see three three lefties, maybe potentially four if they do play Scooter and Dietrich together. But this could this lineup could be very favorable for Woodruff. Obviously, you always worry about the Great American Small Park, but the upside is certainly there. I think it's an excellent pivot off of Matt Boyd. Uh, probably my favorite pivot off of Matt Boyd on this slate. Uh, when we're looking at the other side of this game, Luis Castillo, very, very good against righties. 
Good against lefties as well, but when we start digging into the numbers, we start to see the hard hit rate climb a lot higher against lefties, and there's so many good lefties in this lineup that it concerns me enough that I want to be wary about playing him at 10K. Well, I think Castillo is actually the best GPP pitcher on the slate because, he, as I learned two days ago, uh, typically people do not like playing righties versus the Brewers with their lefty power bats. So uh, I, I played Molly the other night, and he he actually gave up home runs to the righties, but actually put up a, a pretty decent game. So being that like I'm not excited about any of the pitchers on the slate, if Castillo is going to come in at 10% owned because people are going to want to play like a Mostakis or Yelich against him because that's perfectly viable, like Castillo has 30-plus point upside. He could put up 10 strikeouts in this matchup, and getting him at – three times less ownership than Boyd or even Berrios and definitely Woodruff. Uh, that makes sense. Maybe not in cash, but uh, but if you want to take a shot, especially with the Brewers' bats being somewhat owned, I think that's a, that's a good option. Yeah, can, you know, certainly understand, you know, 28.5% K rate, 15% swinging strike rate, gets a ton of good contact as far as, you know, outside swinging strike is high too. So, Definitely no Maya Castillo. As far as the Milwaukee bats, um, I'm not going to tell you not to play Yelich, Moustakas, Grandal. Um, I, I think you could play any of those three guys. They're guys that walk a lot. They don't strike out at a massive amount. They have power. Their hard hit rates are all over 45% against right-handed pitching this season. So if you want to play any of Grandal, Yelich, or Moustakas, you're not going to hear me tell you not to. Yeah, I just think, I just think for GPP, they're going to be slightly more owned. For even I mean it's a six game slate, but I'd I'd much rather play I'd rather, much rather play Cubs. I'd much rather play Twins, and you're gonna see a lot of Brewers one offs. So I'm even less likely to like if I wanted to take the Brewers, I would take four of them. But if I wanted to just take one of them, the the most appealing one would be Grandal because it's a catcher. But outside of that, I'm not paying 4800 for Eric Thames and Christian Yelich is yeah 5800 if you have the money. But, uh, you know, lineups that have those one-offs in it, it's going to be very duplicative uh, with uh, with everything else that I'm playing in my lineup. Um, let's see here. Reds, Bats, anything standing out to you on the Cincinnati side of things? I mean, if I'm going to play Woodruff, I'm probably not going to play Bats against him. And really, the, the lefty Bats, I mean, Dietrich, he's been getting pinch hit for. He, I mean, he may not even be in the lineup. Uh, you'd play him at second base because that would be a more scarce position. And then Scooter Jeanette's there. But, I mean, he's coming back. I don't know. if you know Does does he have the upside to win you a tournament? So I look at the – I'm not really a Senzel at 4,800. It's just like the prices are eh. Uh, and if I'm going to play a lot of Woodruff, I'm probably not going to play much Reds. Yeah, like uh, I think Winker is a guy you could potentially look at here at 4K. If Dietrich is in the lineup and Scooter's out of the lineup, that's probably just going to mean Scooter's going to get a day off. So I think that – that's where Dietrich is more appealing. Um, like you said, he's been getting pitch hit for. It's very frustrating. Um, he's the bat that you want here. Like He's the guy that has multiple home run upside in the Cincinnati lineup. He has a 383 ISO against righties this season, and his hard hit rate's at 42.5%. And that's all of this is all with a 178 Babbitt. So he has some positive regression coming his way a little unlucky so Dietrich would be the guy if Scooter's out of the lineup that I'd want to play because I think he'd get nine innings here we got the Cubs and the Pirates Jose Quintana against Jordan Lyles nine and a half total Quintana is a 122 favorite uh, any interest here in Quintana not at all not a, not a chance I, I I actually want to stack the Pirates against him yeah Pirates uh, a team at the beginning of the season was one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching they're Quickly going up the board against lefties. Um, they've been one of the hottest teams in baseball. This team or this game has one of the highest implied totals on the slate, small slate. Certainly looking at that kind of stuff. But this is a team that at the beginning of the season was bottom five um, against a lot of, you know, a lot of stats against lefties. And they're, they're, they're moving up the board a little bit. Still not the best team, but still moving up the board. Um, don't think I want to play Quintana here. Too many righties. Uh, as far as, Jordan Lyles goes. Um, Lyles is always a guy that we can trust against right and heavy teams. He does struggle against lefties. There's not a ton of lefties in this lineup. Do you have any interest here in Lyles? 
I mean, he's someone that if I was playing, you know, a bunch of lineups, maybe throw in a couple. I mean, I'm I'm more inclined to play the the Cubs lefties at their prices than play Lyles at seven. I, if I'm going to play Lyles at seven eight hundred, why don't I not just take a shot at Ronaldo Lopez at fifty six hundred? Does he pass the Reynaldo test? No, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Fanduel doesn't have Ronaldo on on their like uh, four game slate, so um, searching for pitching on that. On that little four gamer is going to be interesting. Um, let's talk bats here. You already kind of mentioned, you know, the lefties here. We'll have to see, you know, Jason Hayward um, was not in the lineup Wednesday and uh, they said he's going to be day to day. Chris Bryant was dealing with a knee injury. He was out of the lineup. Like if we start to see this lineup roll out there with no Bryant, no Hayward, then I think you can make a more of a case for Lyles, but no matter what happens, Rizzo, Schwarber and Baez are guys you want to be looking at here. Well, definitely. Yeah. Especially, you know, playing a Schwarber one-off playing a Hayward one-off if he's in the lineup. And then, you know, if, if everyone's in, you could, you could stack them up that they're, they're reasonably priced. I mean, Baez is expensive at 5,000, but it depends on whether or not you're playing Ronaldo Lopez as like your SP two on DraftKings. So you'll be able to afford it then. So that's why I look at like the, like to me, the pirates look like the stack against Quintana who, maybe in the beginning of the year had enough like run prevention ability and he's shown virtually none of it anymore. And I could tell you, I thought, although it's a six game slate and there's less options, uh, I don't think people are going to want to click on these pirate bats at the top of the order at these prices. And given that if you're not going to play a 10 K pitcher, uh, it seems like you're overpaying, but, we see this every slate for the past two weeks that the pirates do well. And the next slate they're 1% owned. So if people aren't going to want to pay 4,800 for Brian Reynolds or 5,100 for Marte, and there's really no 10 K pitcher you want to pay for, then why not play, play four or five of these guys knowing that on even on a six game slate, that stack could still only be 4% owned. Yeah. Don't hate that call whatsoever. Um, you know, as far as me for the Pirates, you know, obviously Josh Bell's probably my favorite play there. Don't forget about Ozuna. He'll bat towards the bottom of the order. So, like, you're not going to get him as part of, like, a, like, two, three, four, five stack. But he's always a guy that I like to play um, against left-handed pitching. And he's usually pretty cheap, but he is 4,800 here. So, like, nobody's going to play him at that price tag. So, Get a guy that you can play at first or third base with a, a bunch of upside. You can put him in your stack because you can play him at third and you can play Bell at first. Um, he's always a guy that I like to play. Jung Ho Kong, Kang, however you say, um, you know, he's another guy that has power that should be in the lineup. Moran should get the day off here against the lefty. So a bunch of different ways you can stack the Pirates too. Well, definitely. And it's going to be a right-handed heavy lineup against Quintana no matter what they do even with all these switch hitters. I mean, we saw Melky. He even, he had a home run, uh, you know, this past slate. So like the cheap ends of the pirates order you could use and they're not going to be as owned. And the top end is not going to be as owned. It just like looking at this, just let's just looking at the names. People are going to want to click on Aaron judge before they click on Brian Reynolds. And Aaron judge is 200 less. They're going to want to click on, on on the twins or the, the even the A's because it's just like the pirates don't have names, but statistically, like on a six game slate, like yeah, if, if people aren't gonna click on them, I'm gonna I'm gonna click on them. I'll I'll do the do. <laughs> Sounds good. Let's move on. Minnesota at Oakland, Jose Barrios against Tanner Anderson. Uh nine and a half total here. Barrios a one twenty-eight favorites. Barrios, you know, when we're looking at just numbers in general, he's been very good against righties this season. 297 Woba, 157 ISO, average exit velocity 85.2, and the average hit distance under 165. Everything that we're looking for, low walk rate, you know, average strikeout rate, and he's going to be facing a right-handed heavy team. The problem that I have with Barrios here um, is when I'm looking at it, it's really tough to go up to Barrios. Um, when I'm wanting to play some of these bats that we're going to talk about on the Minnesota side of things. Well, yeah, it really comes down to your construction. Like I, I don't, if you're going to play Barrios with Woodruff, like obviously you're going to need to find some vomit stacks to play because that that's where the tigers come in. That's where maybe the Cardinals come in. Uh, 
I think uh, from a if, in a vacuum, Boyd is probably a better play than Berrios, and I think Castillo has higher upside than Berrios. But I think Berrios may be the quote safest play against a right-handed heavy team in Oakland, which is more of a pitcher's ballpark. So, like, do I see the highest upside for eleven thousand? No, but it is a six-game slate, and it could be one of those slates where if you could get twenty-two points out of your pitcher in that slot and avoid landmines. Uh, that should be good enough. Yeah, and if you're playing on FanDuel, like Barrios is in a league of his own over on FanDuel on that four-game slate. Like it's Barrios, and then like the next best pitcher is Quintana. Um, it's a massive discount if you go down, but there's so many cheap bats on FanDuel on that four-game slate um, as well that like if I'm playing that four-game slate, I'm probably playing Barrios, even if he is going to be like 30 or 40% owned just because he realistically could outscore anybody on that on that four game Fandle slate by 20 points. So tough to fade him at that, but he is, he's on the road. So you never know. Um, any interest here in Tanner Anderson? Uh, he doesn't pass the Ronaldo test. Yeah. Pitch to contact guy gives up a ton of hard contact. Uh, Minnesota is one of the top stacks on the slate for me. I think they're going to be a top stack on the slate for a lot of people. I don't mind maybe getting off of the full stack and just looking at like Kepler and Polanco as a two man and hoping that the bottom of the order doesn't do a ton of damage. But I like Castro a lot too. hate paying up a catcher, but 38 seems really fair for him. So I like the, the power lefties in this spot against um, a contact pitcher that gives up a ton of hard contact. Right. It also depends on whether or not Marwin Gonzalez is going to be in the lineup. I know he was scratched this past slate and uh, obviously it's a cheap enough option to fill out a stack. But I mean, it's the case. <laughs> it's the case where, uh, you if you're gonna play Ronaldo Lopez, you're gonna have the money to pay fifty two hundred for Cruz. You're gonna have the money to pay forty five hundred for Polanco. Uh, I mean, the bottom of the order. I I mean, I agree with you. Castro filling a a catcher slot at thirty eight hundred, uh, with the platoon advantage does make sense, especially if you're gonna play Twins. But I wouldn't be opposed to an Arias. I w- even playing the bottom of the order as the road team, uh, guaranteed nine innings worth of at bats. I mean, if you want, if you want to get weirder and play like a Jonathan Scope, who uh, doesn't have the platoon advantage but still has enough pop to hit a home run off of Anderson, uh, I could see doing some type of wraparound if you wanted to get different. Because I could see the Twins being bats being fairly popular on the slate. Yeah, and the thing that you know really stands out to me for Kepler and Polanco and and Castro, why I mentioned them is Anderson's a more of a ground ball guy. Uh, those guys are massive fly ball guys, as is Sano and Buxton. Like you can seven, eight, nine, one, two does not sound like a bad idea here. Uh, the more I think about it, because of those fly ball rates, and even though Anderson's been better against righties, first it's a small sample, and second, like it's a lot to do with ground balls. And when we're looking at this team, they're a team that hits sinkers well. So um, certainly don't mind that wraparound. I actually like that idea. Seven, eight, nine, one, two um, to get all five of those fly ball guys against this ground ball pitcher. Um, and, on, and on the, the A side, I mean, I think it's fairly obvious that the top bat, if you want to take the A's would be Olsen 4,500 on DraftKings at first base. Cause he'd be pretty much, I mean, you may have Grossman, in the lineup, but I mean, he really has no power. So if you're going to take a one-off against Barrios, I would assume be Olsen, or you take a shot at 3,600 Chris Davis because he can hit a home run no matter what side of the plate, but he could also strike out five times. <laughs> that he can. That he can. St. Louis at Seattle, Michael Waka, Tommy Malone after an opener. Um, any interest here in Waka Waka? As a cheap pitcher, I, now, I, I don't want to say he doesn't pass the Ronaldo test, uh, I put him as the type of pitcher where in projection systems, he actually comes up pretty well. And against this Seattle team, even though they have a whole bunch of lefties in the lineup, like I, I don't think it matters that much for Walker's skill set. The problem with Walker is like you're not going to get many strikeouts out of him, and he tends to at times have walk issues. So like you get the worst of both worlds where like he could walk four guys and only strike out two and then give up five runs and you're dead. But he could also go deep into games and go seven innings and give you that, you know, 16 point and a win type of score. So I think he's a little less volatile than Ronaldo Lopez. So I don't want to say he's not an option. I don't think he's 
an option, like if you're going to play them both together, because then you're obviously leaving 4,000 on the table because I don't know who you're spending up for bat-wise. Uh, but he's he's not my fa- I'd rather play Ronaldo Lopez uh, for his upside, but I wouldn't call you crazy for playing Waka. Yeah, like he's one of the cheap pivots off of Lopez. Um, if you're playing a bunch of teams, you're not going to play 100% Lopez, or I wouldn't anyway. I don't mind playing a lot of him, but I don't know if I'd go 100%. So Waka is certainly a guy you could potentially look at here in this you know, value range. When you're looking at Seattle just in general, they're just a team that is not very good. They strike out a lot. They really have like two or three bats that you're worried about when you're playing Waka, and you're more worried about Waka than you are the Seattle lineup. Tommy Malone, a guy that has not been bad this year. Um, you know, uh, when we look at Tommy Malone, he's really just accepted this like, you know, long relief role where he's going to go out and throw five or six innings um, and just do his thing. You know, um, do we have interest here as as cold as this Cardinals team is? I don't know why this Cardinals team is so bad. They're and cold. They, they, they entice me to I look at these prices and I go. How do I not play five of these guys? And then I do it. And then I wonder why I have a 29 point score in my lineup. <laughs> I'm like, I got the pitchers right, but I played, uh, I'm playing Goldschmidt and I'm playing Jose Martin. I'm like, Jose Martinez seems so cheap, batting second. And then you did 0 for 4. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Uh, like the way the Cardinals are, you could play, you could stream pitchers against them. And it doesn't even matter. This You could, you could look and go, oh, they're going to have all these righties. Still doesn't matter. They're that bad. But on the other end, on a six-game slate, uh, I'm more inclined to uh, take a little bit more risk bat-wise than pitcher. So, like, from a, from a Ronaldo test, I'd rather play Lopez than Malone, but I wouldn't fault anyone for... Like, Malone seems like if you wanted to... Uh, if you needed the money, and you... I think, I think he's safer than, than Lopez, like, from a cash game perspective, but from a GPP perspective, like... He's okay. He's, I mean, he's efficiently priced. Yeah. And like, you know, just kind of going back to Fandle really quick. Like if I'm looking on Fandle and I'm not playing Barrios, I'm probably playing Malone at 6,700 and loading up on bats. Like it's one of those two guys on Fandle for me today. Um, it's just kind of how I'm looking at that slate. Like I'm going to play around with it um, in the morning once we start getting lineups, but uh, it's probably going to be one of those two guys on my FanDuel build here um, just because that's kind of how it sets up. When we look at the St. Louis Bats, like Paul Goldschmidt is not broken. He is a guy that has a low walk, low strikeout rate, high walk rate, 55% hard hit rate against lefties this season. He only has a 382 Woba. When we start looking at an X Woba and CX Woba, the dude has a 515 CX Woba um, against lefties this season. Like, don't be afraid to play Paul Goldschmidt in this spot. No, I'm never afraid to until he gets a three-point score, and I'm wondering what, why I keep on doing this. This is the team why do I, keep I keep on punishing and, myself, right? I know, and and then now Tommy Edmond isn't like free anymore, so you're gonna have to pay forty-two hundred, depending on if it's him or Munez. You take a look, like the positions work out well, like you're able to fill your shortstop spot with Dejong, you're able to get a catcher with Molina. And you, and you you think everything's going to go well. I've done this too many times and it's never worked. Maybe this is the time. Maybe I needed the morning grind bump that I'm obviously going to win more than $30,000 tomorrow. That this is the time the Cardinals works out. Or this is the time the ti- Tigers work out. You got all my favorite vomit stacks on this slate that have never worked out for me yet. Uh, the Giants, I could already cross off my list. They've worked out before. So... Uh, like you could play any of these guys as one. Like you can play Tyler O'Neill as a one-off. You, I mean, look at these prices. But just understand, like this team should be better, but they're not. So just don't be surprised when they only put up one run on the board. Yeah, they, like so. Here's the thing, you know, when you're looking at it, the Cardinals are really cheap. Like you said, if you want to play Barrios on Fanduel, like stacking the Cardinals makes a ton of sense because of what you're able to get. You're not really sacrificing, you know, upside bats because it's just how cheap they are. You're still able to get pretty much everything you want as far as the stack. Plus, you know, then you're able to run it out there with other other spots that you're really going to like as well. So certainly a build that I'm going to be looking at. I the Cardinals have been that team that has just been very frustrating because they should be doing a lot better, but um, they're not. And Tommy Malone's in play. 
Um, Seattle bats. I love Vogelbach here. Probably one of my favorite plays on the slate. Yeah, I, any of the lefties would be fine. But I mean, I, I feel like I'm overpaying the 4700 for J.P. Crawford. I mean, Malik Smith has obviously, you know, stolen base upside. I'm not going to pay 5000 for uh, Domingo Santana. So, like, yeah, Vogelbach would be the number one bat in a vacuum. And Narvaez, because he's a lefty, he fills a catcher spot. I could see playing Kyle Seager, but outside of that, like, they're not really that stackable. And uh, I know Walker gives up walks at times, so that makes the stack, you know, a little bit more viable because there'll be men on base. But just they don't fit in, like, the prices and the positions don't fit together where, like, they're too pricey that I can't play a 10K pitcher, but they're not like that. Then I'm then I'm not also not playing two cheap pitchers, so they fall in that middle range where, like, if you want to take one of them as a one off and like a four three one on DraftKings, like I could see it. Yeah, and you mentioned Malik Smith. Um, Walk is terrible at holding on runners, so um, everybody like Dylan Moore, D Gordon, and, and Malik Smith are going to be at the top of your. Um, premium leaderboards as far as like stolen base upside in this spot uh just because if they get on like if what if if malik smith gets on here you're like you're you're almost guaranteed a stolen base or an attempt because of how bad waka is like waka's ruining um, molina's steal percentage and molina might not even be in the lineup it's a day game after night game so who knows Yankees and Rays, Jay Happ, Yanni Torinos, nine total. Happ's a 115 favorite. Um, we do like left-handed pitchers against the Rays. Do you have any interest here in Jay Happ? Uh, I would th- I would I would have thought so before taking a look at his past couple of starts. And I know that may be recency bias, but like like he's giving up runs and not striking anyone out. And that, that's like the worst combination you could possibly have. So I see all these righties. In, in the Rays lineup, and I know they're playing in Tampa, which is a bit more pitcher-friendly, but, like, I'm more inclined to play bats against Hap than play Hap. I, I, w- I wouldn't fault you for playing him, but, I mean, I'd almost rather... To me, Hap is at the level where he doesn't pass the Ronaldo test, so, like, like let other people go down that trap, and, and I'll, I'll try to avoid it. So you talked a lot about like his recent stats. We start digging into his last 30 days and we look at the last 30 day stats for him. His hard hit rate is up 4%. His average exit velocity is up 3.2 miles an hour. His average air hit air distance is up 22.1. The things that start to stand out to me, like I, I think a lot of this stuff could potentially be nonsense, but when I'm looking at it, advanced contact and his well hit percentage is up six percent i'm super concerned um that's something that is that is really important to me that means he's not missing bats his contact rate's up five percent his swinging strike rate is down 2.2 percent like we have these tools here at rotor grinders on plate iq and like take advantage of them if you're a premium member to find out why he's been struggling and once you start digging into this you're gonna see a lot of changes on this um on these charts where He's just not missing bats right now, and that's the biggest thing that you want when you're facing the Rays. You want to be able to miss bats. So I think Hap's a fade. I think he'll be actually kind of popular here on both sites uh, with FanDuel having any pitching options, with the Rays being a bad team against lefties. Like I think Hap gets ownership here, and I'm more inclined to stack the Rays than I am to play Jay Hap. Um, that's right. It depends on uh, who uh, the Rays run out, but we could see Darno lead off again. And if even if he's not, you could play Zanino as a very cheap price. So the bats fit in very well. So uh, I mean, outside of maybe Austin Meadows, but you could play Fam, you could play Garcia, and uh, I mean, I'm not sure about the full stack, uh, but I I could definitely see a nice two or three man with two outfielders and a position player. Probably like a really good secondary stack. Like if you're running out like a four man stack from another team, like getting three Rays and then playing one one off. Um... I like to do more four mans and five mans on smaller slates. Um, I still don't mind running out five mans, but it, that might be something that I look at. Um, Cause like these numbers on half really make a ton of sense. So, you know, there's, there's some bats here with some power for Tampa. So I don't mind that. Um, any interest in Torino's? Uh, no, I, I never have interest in Torino's. I think Torino's is one of the more overrated pitchers and overpriced pitchers for his skill set. I think his main his main skill is that he doesn't walk anyone. But I mean I he I think he throws two pitches. So like if, if you figure out his two pitches, like he's dead. I mean he 
obviously is going to be, you know, pitching in Tampa is always a plus. It would be worse if he was pitching in Yankee Stadium. He doesn't necessarily give up the most hard contact. He doesn't give up the, the highest fly ball rate. But like for his, he's never priced at the level in which I really want to play him. I, I don't see a, I don't see eight strikeouts. I mean, so like if he was six K, if he was sixty five hundred, it'd be a different story. But he's never priced that way, and I always think he's overrated for that. Massive sinker baller, um, sinker slider. You talked about it. Uh, that's really what he likes to throw. The guy like. There are two guys that stand out, and it's the two big bats here. Uh, Aaron Judge is really good against sinkers. 574 CX Woba, 304 ISO, 48% hard hit rate, 96 average exit velocity. You know, you were talking about it earlier, like nobody's going to want to play. I think you were talking about Brian Reynolds over like Aaron Judge. That's probably right because Aaron Judge is um, like he's third on my model overall on this entire slate. I don't have it broken down over like um slates but like overall all the games that are being played today he's like the you know top three so him and torres torres is really good against sinkers sanchez is really good against sinkers like those three guys are my favorite yankees bats here well it depends on uh how they uh have the batting order because uh against uh, the righty they may move dd up so if he's up from like if he moves up from seven to either the top of the order but even fifth at 4K, uh, I that fills a shortstop spot uh, where there aren't that many great options. Uh, I actually prefer him to to Torres at 4,900 because I think you could use the 900 to get a better bat elsewhere. Yeah, nah, I don't hate that. Um, we kind of talked about which bats we'd like for Tampa. Is there anything you want to add on there before we go to the four-game main slate? Well, I think that the problem with the with the, the Rays is that you're gonna have like three outfielders that you're gonna want to play, and you don't want to fill all three outfielder spots, even if you're making a four man. But I think the lowest owned out of the quote good bats is I don't think anyone's gonna pay forty nine hundred for Yandy Diaz, and against the lefty, like that's who I want to play against Hap, and uh, in a first base or a third base spot, even on a six game slate, I could see him being sub four percent owned. Yeah, and um, Avisel Garcia profiles the best against Hap. So if you want to play the batted ball profile game, he's the guy that um, profiles the best. Uh, Brasso hit his first career home run on Wednesday. If you want, if he's back in the lineup, uh, he's pretty cheap across the industry. Right, I had twenty percent of him on this. Slide. I played I him on my. I played him on my loan team. I played one team. We went out to dinner with some friends and uh, played him on my loan team. So got his got his first home run. I was happy about that. All right, moving on to the main slate. We start with the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. 10 total, Hector Velasquez against Marcus Stroman. Um, 10 total, um, Red Sox are a slight favorite here. Um, any interest here in Velasquez? How many pitches is he pitching? Like that To me, that's the question. Because if you take a look, like it doesn't look like he's stretched out. I mean, like his, his max the past, what, month and a half is like 33 pitches. So like if you tell me he's going to, pitch 70 i have interest in him at 5k but if you're gonna tell me that he's just gonna pitch two or three for a, basically a boston bullpen game then i'd rather just not play him so being a red sox fan um i would expect him to go 50 to 65 pitches here i think they try to squeeze three or four innings out of him i could see him potentially getting five if he's pitching okay um I think that's more where I think he ends up more in that range than any other range. Um, they want him to be a fifth starter here. So they're kind of wanting him to, you know, fill a void until Steven Wright gets that um, until he gets back. So um, I don't really want to say I'm not going to have interest in him because once you start looking at the pitchers on this slate, like you have to play two of these guys and the fact that he is min salary um or lowest salary for a pitcher today um i have interest because today's pitching is terrible three of these four games have 10 totals or but or more so that tells you a lot about the slate marcus stroman on the other side um any interest here in stroman well yeah it's 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 a four game slate you have to have interest in every pitcher but i typically don't like attacking the red sox and with the Red Sox prices apparently apparently the the, the DraftKings people that do the pricing it's just like they went on vacation early for July 4th, uh, and they, they kind of almost trolled us because they priced 
the Red Sox down against like uh like I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name, Wagash, whatever. That that the Blue Jays minor league guy that actually scored more fantasy points than Chris Sale. Uh, and if you played a Boston stack, uh, you you you're crying because they were cheap and, and they didn't get there. But at these prices, uh, like I'd rather play the Red Sox than Stroman. But on a six game slate, like if you're gonna if you're gonna try to play Ryu at eleven point one, like you're gonna have to play a cheaper pitcher. That's I mean you can't you can't play the two highest priced pitchers without essentially getting like bottom of the order stacks for the worst teams. So he has to be an option, but he typically doesn't really have that much upside because he's kind of a ground ball guy, tries to get a bunch of outs. And if he gives up runs, uh, really, you don't get the strikeouts behind that to really make it up. Yep. Um, and he's still not like 100% to make the start. Like, you know, they said that we'll see how he feels on Thursday morning. So um, we could see somebody else in here. And uh, if we get a if we get a bullpen game for Toronto, like this bullpen's really bad, so could be a really good spot for the Red Sox bats. I'll be honest, I don't really want to stack against Stroman. Uh, I think there's better spots on this slate to stack. I never hate stacking the Red Sox. I think they have upside on any slate, but they're probably one of my least favorite um, stacks on this slate. If it is going to be Stroman, well, yeah, I mean the main problem with me ever always with the Red Sox is that their best bats are all in the outfield. So, like, unless you want to pay up for Devers or Bogarts, it's really hard to make. Even a four-man is difficult without filling three outfield spots. So I view it, even even if it's not Stroman or if it is Stroman, like, these are 500 to 700 too cheap for even this matchup that I could see playing two of them. In, in a lineup with obviously another stack. So like to me, like it doesn't matter really who's pitching. It's just that these prices are too cheap for if you have a projection sample size over the long run, it's not like they're, they're cold bats. It's just, uh, you know, on this slate, if you're going to pay it for pitching, you're going to have to pay around 4k for an outfielder anyway. So why not pay 4,400 for JD Martinez instead of, uh, you know, looking at some other game, uh, that, uh, of a worse player. Yeah, I completely understand. Um, the what do we do with the Toronto bats is is something that's interesting because you know you talk you talk about it all the time. Like when we're looking for a vomit stack, they have to be like on this four game slate. They got to be considered one of your vomit stacks, if not the vomit stack of the slate. No, right? but they're not cheap. Look, Sogard's forty eight hundred, Guriel is fifty five hundred, Kevin Bijo is forty seven hundred. This isn't a vomit. The Boston bats are cheaper. So to yeah, me, right? The bot. If I wanted to do a vomit stack, like I'd more likely do like the the bottom order. I'd take Jackie Bradley over paying up. <laughs> I mean, I think the best bat on 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 the Blue Jays, given this matchup, would be Smoke if he's in at first base at thirty nine hundred. But outside of that, like, I mean, you have uh, Hernandez and Grichik down there. If you want to pay for eight strikeouts, go be my be my guest. I've done that before. And then you have the, obviously the punt catcher. You play Danny Jansen or Mally, whoever's in, because they're the cheapest catcher on the slate. Uh, but you know, like the price, I'm not. I don't see paying fifty five hundred for for Lourdes Gurriel on this slate. Well, I mean, he's he's twelve hundred more than Bryce Harper. And I know Harper's going against a Soroka, but I'd rather take him than. I mean, I just like typically you would think that the the Blue Jays bats would be cheaper, but obviously they priced them up for Hector Velasquez, uh, thinking that you know Velasquez is a gas can. Yeah, I looked at it and like uh, Vlad and Smoke were cheap, so I figured the rest of them were cheap. And um, no, 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 wrong. Anyway. We move on. Philadelphia, Atlanta, 10 total. Zach Eflin, Mike Sorka. Uh, Sorka's a 155 favorite. Um, any interest here in Eflin? I mean, you have, like I said, it's a four-game slate. You have to have some interest. Uh, Atlanta has a, a 5.6 implied run total. Uh, but, I mean, you see all, all, most of these teams have high implied totals. Uh, I typically don't like attacking Braves at all unless it's a high strikeout pitcher. And... Uh, Eflin can get strikeouts, but I'd, I'd rather play Eflin in Philly. I I know Philly is still a hitter's ballpark, but with the the temperature being, you know, 88 degrees and humid in midday in Atlanta, like, like 
for 8,100, I'll play Stroman against the, the Red Sox before playing Eflin. But like I said, it's a six game, it's a, it's a four game slate. Like there's value. And if Eflin's going to be 4% owned, then feel free to go for it. Yeah. I don't know if I end up on Eflin. Um, I think I'd rather try to find the money for canning or Sorka or go down. Um, but like you said, it's a four game slate. You can pretty much do anything here. Um, Sorka on the other side of things, um, Sorekka, I like him here. You know, obviously this team is a team that has some pop and they have some power. A lot of the power comes from the right side of the plate. He's a guy that generates a ton of ground balls from the right side of the plate. Obviously you're worried about Bruce and Hoskins being fly ball hitters, but this guy is so good. And I know he's nine K, but I, I, man, it's, it's really hard to pass on him today. Well, given the options, I mean, you're, to me, the top options on the slate are either Ryu or Soroka because, like, Soroka may not have the upside, but it's a four-game slate. Like, how much upside do you need? Like, on a four-game slate where these totals are, like, are in the tens, like, you just need a pitcher that doesn't kill you. And out of all of these, he would be the one where six innings, even seven innings, even if he gave up three runs, like, you don't see him getting blown up for eight runs, but all these other pitchers, you could see that. So for 9,000, you're kind of getting, you know, kind of the floor play. But even in GPP, like, I, I'd much rather play him than, than I know I, than I know your favorite, Griffin Canning, but I, I'd still much rather play Soroka than him. Yeah, Canning being in Texas, uh, with it being hot in Texas, 90 degrees um, like it is in Atlanta, those are the two hottest games on the slate. We're going to see some fireworks in those games for sure. Um, <laughs> bad pun. Um <laughs> crack myself up let's talk bats here philly bats uh who do you like here this is the vomit stack like oh, you typically geez. don't think of the phillies as the vomit stack but like compared to the prices on the slate like you could i mean no one here is more than what 4300 of course you have to you're gonna play four bats against soroka which is an ideal but uh i mean you could take harper you could take bruce you could fill the catcher spot with Real Muto. You could fill a shortstop spot with uh, with Segura, and you're fine. I mean, even if you want to throw in Kingery in there, and Hoskins always has power. I mean, th th this is a good team. So you could say that maybe Soroka does get hit up enough. On a four-game slate, I don't know. I don't think we're going to see scores in the, the – you're going to need 200 to win on DraftKings. So uh, even, even getting, you know, five runs – and maybe two extra out of the, you know, the Atlanta bullpen or something. Get like Tomlin coming out or something. Uh, you could do it. It's just that, like, if you're gonna play like Rio at eleven one, like you're gonna need to find like this cheap level of of stack to play, even if you play three or four guys. And there's meant not there's nothing else to choose from. If you're not playing Rio, then you don't have to do it. But if to me, that's the option. I don't like any of the Phillies bats as like. Like one off, like maybe you could play Harper or Bruce. I guess the lefties are the one off, but like, unless you need the salary, like, I'm not looking to target against Soroka. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Like, um, the problem with it is, like, I, I still don't know like who, who I'd want to play with Ryu to make where I would need the salary because, like, you know, we're going to talk about the next game, Lance Lynn and Canning, Bolton, Texas, hot in Texas, like. That's the that's the problem with this slate is finding out which SP two you want to use if you're going to use Ryu or Sorka. Um, as far as the Atlanta bats go, I really like the Atlanta stack here. Um, I think the I think the Angels Rangers game is going to get a lot of the ownership on this four game slate just because of the eleven total, the implied total being high. I don't think the Braves are going to fly under the radar by any means, but um, I, I like the I like the stack here for sure and. There's a bunch of different ways that you could do it without being like super chalky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people, uh, I mean, people don't like playing Marcakis typically in the stack, and I typically do because people don't like to. Of course, I did it, and then Riley hits a home run, so you could throw that out. But I mean, if McCann's in the lineup, he's a lefty against Eflin. You got Freeman, the lefty. You could throw in Donaldson is always cheap for he should probably should be six hundred more. So I think playing, you know, a three man of like Freeman Donaldson Marcakis or something like that uh, is, is doable. And I mean, Acuna 5,400 is a little expensive. It really depends on who you're playing at pitching. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but if you want to play like the Marcakis 
McCann, Donaldson, Freeman. I, I think that may be the the best route to go as far as attacking Eflin. Yeah, it'd be a good day for Albies to get a day off or something, and like Camargo being there at thirty four hundred, that'd make the stack a little bit easier. But you know, potentially like a um, puke and bottom of the order Red Sox stack with a uh, good old fashioned Atlanta stack sounds nice. Um, Angels and Rangers, 11 total, Griffin Canning, Lance Lynn, Lynn a 143 favorite. Um, I don't mind Canning usually, but a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact and a ton of fly balls in hot Texas, um, it's probably going to be a pass for me. Yeah, I don't see paying 8700 for him. I, I get, yes, he has a strikeout upside, but uh, like I for 300 more, I play Soroka, uh, even though he has less quote-unquote upside but has a higher floor. Just, I mean, the Rangers have the highest implied total. I mean, they, it, it's, I think it may even be up to six now, currently. I mean, it's going to be 90 degrees and 54% humidity. Like, like I typically, on the other side, I typically like Lance Lynn more than other people, but I, can, I, I can't play either pitcher in this game. Yeah. Uh, I think you can make a slight argument for Lance Lynn just because of the pitching options on this slate and just how consistent he's been this year. You know, even in this spot and what what he's been able to do this season against this team has not been great. Like, I know he has the upside, but in this spot, it just seems like a stay away spot for me. But if the lineup looks funky or something, maybe I take a shot on Lance Lynn. Maybe if I want to play like a Lance Lynn Sorica lineup, uh, you know, I think that is potential if you want to get off a of Ryu, who should be the highest stone pitcher on the slate. Like, I, I could see doing something like that. Now, I just take a look at this Angels lineup and go, like, I obviously want to play lefties against Lynn. So Otani, Calhoun, uh, Rangifo, I mean, he's cheap at 3,100. Uh, but, I mean, the righties in their lineup are Trout, Upton, and Pujols. And I know Pujols is, you know, past his prime, but he's a quality hitter. So it's not like Lance Lynn is facing garbage righties. He's facing good righties. So to pay 9,500 for that, in a game that has nearly an 11 total, like I'd, I'd, I'd much rather, I know it's a four game slate. You don't have many options. Uh, I think Lance Lynn will be more owned than what his expectation is. I mean, Lance Lynn may only be 18% owned, but I think if you tell me he's 5% owned on a four game slate, I will play all of them, but no one's ever that low owned. I just don't, I just don't think for 9,500, I'd rather make sure I, so I think Soroka's floor is better than Lance Lynn possibly getting a negative six score. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, I hear you. Uh, let's talk bats. You know, you kind of mentioned it. Uh, we will, I will say Listella on the IL as of Wednesday. Um, kind of saw that one coming. Um, Dustin Upton is dealing with um, a quadricep uh, like tightness. He was, he, he left Wednesday's game because of that. So, Depending on the what the lineup looks like here, like Otani and Trout uh, and Calhoun are, are certainly all in play for me. But if the lineup starts looking watered down here, uh, maybe Pulhos gets the day game off after a night game, or, or I guess it's a night game here. But we'll just kind of have to see what the lineup looks like if you're wanting to stack this team. Yeah, I mean, typically I don't like even like stacking the the Angels because you run into this, you run into even a worse problem where uh, two through five is all outfielders. So, like, playing more than three of them, like, three total Angels is very hard to do. But on a four-game slate, I could see... I could see on a four-game slate, you're not you're not playing a five-man. You may not even be playing a four-man. You may be playing, like, a, a, a three-two-two-one type of lineup where you're just trying to kind of pick out the home runs and people close to, to each other in the order. So, uh, I mean... That, that's why I look at like Regifo, like it fills a shortstop spot, whatever. But on the on the te the Texas side, it you have the exact same problem. Like it's 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 a mirror image. I look at both sides, and then uh, Texas is Chu, Calhoun, Mazar, and Gallo, all outfield eligible. And then you got a shortstop in the middle, and you typically not typically you don't want to pay forty nine hundred for Elvis Andrews, and you want to pay the lefties against Canning. So to me, in this game, it's a matter of mixing and matching the right outfielders, uh, and. That's why the other the outfielders in the other games may be less owned because people are going to want to play Otani, Calhoun, Mazzara, Gallo, Calhoun, the other Calhoun, 
and chew because, I mean, it's the, the 11 total game in the heat in Texas. Um, the Texas bats, you know, you kind of talked about it a little bit here. Chu, Calhoun, Gallo, Mazzara, um, all very much in play. Um, all, all the guys that have high hard hit rates, you know, when I'm targeting canning, I want guys that hit the ball hard and, you know, choose at 49%. Gallo's at 58. Mazzara's at 52 and a half. Like, you know, Calhoun's at 41 and a half. Like those are the guys that I want to target against canning. Uh, he's going to strike some of these guys out, but going to give up hard contact and i want hard contact to be on top of hard contact right and also don't sleep on uh as dribble cabrera i mean as a switch hitter he typically uh, bats better against righties so uh 3600 uh i think more people will play on this slate donaldson at 4000 so you may get a little bit more of a discount and if you're going to play this like two or three man mini stack like you could go lower in the lineup you could play an odor you could play a guzman because you're really trying to target lefties, lefty power against Canning, and the Texas lineup is pretty much all lefty power. Um, moving on here to the last game on this slate, we got the Padres, the Dodgers, eight total. Denelson Lamott um, against Ryu. Um, any interest here in Lamet? Lamet, I guess. Lamet? You don't remember Denelson Lamet? Lamet? Yeah, Lamet. Lamet. Yes. Lamet. Lamet. He's a strikeout pitcher. I mean, you. Oh yeah, he has, a, he, he has a really good slider. Really good slider. But the problem is, is that you're you're playing against the the Dodgers lefties. So it's it's a very similar situation with like the Brewers. Like you never you don't really want to play crappy righties against a team that has great lefties. Uh, so uh, I could see like you take a look at Lamette and you go, well, why wouldn't I just play Stroman, or why wouldn't I just play Eflin? Because at least they have a name. So I could see value uh, in GPP as an SP2 playing him because people don't want to play him and he may be 8% owned on a four-game slate. But outside of that, I don't want to touch him. Yeah, and like when we look back at 2017, uh, before he got hurt, um, pretty sure he had Tommy John because he missed a whole year. When we look back at 2017, it was a long time ago, don't get me wrong, but 375, 375 Woba, 237 ISO to lefties, um, 43% hard hit or fly ball rate, 37.8% hard hit rate. So fly ball pitcher, hard contact, a lot of power um, against lefties, massive strikeout stuff against righties. I would not play Turner or Taylor or Martin, whoever's in there today as far as the righties go. Um, I would be looking at the lefties for the Dodgers in this spot, but we'll talk about that in a second. Ryu. Ryu is going to probably be the chalk here, right? Like everybody's going to want to play Ryu against the Padres. I mean, it makes sense. I'm the type of person in GPP that I'm going to have zero of them and I'm going to play uh, Padres against them because he, yeah. uh, the righties, the right, they have righty. Like the Padres have, you, you think of the Padres as, oh, it's a weak team, but they have righty power. And Ryu gives up to righty power. Now, it's not the type of thing where Ryu gets blown up for eight runs in two innings, but enough so that it's not going to pay off an 11K price tag. So I think if Ryu is going to be on a four-game slate on DraftKings, 50% owned, like I'd much rather just like go Soroka uh, Strowman or something like that or play Denilson Lamette or something. And Ryu may may come out with 12 points, but may give up a bomb to Fran Reyes or Renfro or one of those guys who are very cheap on this slate. Uh, so you get a lot of leverage that way. I think for cash, uh, I mean, I don't, if you could play Rio and Soroka together, that would probably be the best combination. I just don't know what bats you're playing. If you do that. Yeah. Like in tournaments, I can certainly see getting off of him. Um, in cash, if you're playing cash on a four-game slate, if you're that cash game player and you're going to play cash games on no matter what slate, like I don't probably recommend playing cash on this slate. But um, see, the problem that I'm having is just finding that like pitcher to get off of him. Like even if I, I like the I like the Sorka Ryu play um, together, and you know just kind of figuring out how to make it work. You know, using one of your "Quote unquote puke stacks here to make it work, um, but yeah. But yeah, the problem it, is the puke stack is the Padres. <laughs> um, bottom of the Boston order makes some sense. 
um, with Leon being 2100 and, you know, Holt and Bradley being cheap, like, you know, it kind of helps, but again, it depends if Stroman pitches or if it's somebody else, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's really tough to feel good about playing two pitchers, whether it's, you know, Ryu and, and Sorica or Sorica and Lynn or Sorica and whoever. Um, it's just, it's weird. But like you said, if he's going to be 50% owned, like if he gets remotely blown up here um you're you're not winning anything so uh let's talk bats if you're not playing ryu um i think you have to look at machado and renfro they've been so good against left-handed pitching this season renfro has just been an absolute beast um against lefties for years now um it's hard not to have interest in those guys well also take a look at the, the bottom of the order because you could fill up spots. So if you did, typically on a four-game slate, I'm not inclined to play a five-man stack because I don't think it's necessary for that much correlation. But if it was a bigger slate and I wanted to have the leverage, the the five-man vomit stack for the Padres would be Machado, Renfro, Reyes, Kinsler, and Hedges. I mean, these prices, like Renfro's 3900 I mean, Machado, I mean, Tatis is 5100 He's the most expensive. But you can play Machado in a shortstop spot at 4,300. The two outfielders are under 4K. Kindler's 2,600. Hedges is 2,200. I mean, the, the I say this knowing that, oh, look, look at the discount I'm getting. And then, like, to pay up for who? So, I mean, for pitcher-wise, it's like, well, so I could get Soroka and Lance Lynn? And I go, well, I don't want to even play Lance Lynn. So that's why, like, yes, uh, if you're not playing Ryu, I could see playing a Padre or two. But to stack so many of these Padres guys, it's just like, obviously you're leaving money on the table because there's really no one to pay up else up for at pitcher anyway. As far as Dodgers bats go, Lamette, um, you know, Lamet, you know, I, I don't mind playing any of the lefties against him. You know, looking back at his numbers, he was really good against righties. Didn't really have a strikeout pitch against lefties. So um, Peterson, Bellinger, Muncie, all very much in play here. Verdugo, if he's in the lineup, I mean, he would be, I mean, pretty much any of the lefties. It's hard to stack the Dodgers. Similar problem. Everyone's an outfielder. Uh, Muncy's to me is a little overpriced at 5,100 in Dodger stadium. But if you have the money, if you're not playing Ryu, you may have the money. If you want to, if you want to take Hector Velasquez, like Hector Velasquez solves all your, all your troubles. If you, if you think he's going to pitch more than 60 pitches, like, okay, I could see doing it because he's much, much probably better than Denilson Lamette. Uh, but to me, that's the only way that you're that you're paying up and playing a Bellinger and Muncie together and then paying for a Trout or something like that. So, like, to me, this whole slate, I, I don't mind the bats as much that, like, oh, if I get all these bats, then I could play, oh, oh, and then I look at the pitchers. And it almost feels like instead of vomit stacks, that I'm doing kind of a vomit sandwich at pitcher for this slate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is a fun one. Let's just put it at that. Um, <laughs> like my, my placeholder lineup right now is Atlanta and Boston. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Can but, I take it off the table that this will not be the slate that I win more than $30,000 on? Yeah, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that we're going to have to have you back on later this month. Um, like scheduled and, give you another shot at it but if you do hit for 30k on this slate um like i'm gonna definitely like invite you back never um (laughs) it would be all luck and i'm gonna do it with the (laughs) i'm I'm gonna end up doing it with the bottom order of the red Sox and a padres vomit stack and then also leaving 2000 on the table (laughs) all right let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here this is an ugly morning grind game to play just because we don't have a ton of options give me a guy on the main slate under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Oh, mains. Oh, oh, we have to do the main slate. Oh, we don't even no. get the option of the early slate. Wow. No. You you choose the crap. You chose the crappier one. Okay. Uh, I got to stay stri- consistent. Right. Six strikeouts. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> can it be a batter? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, you have to say Ryu. 16, 16 ga- innings into the game, and we're getting some strikeouts. So. Right. But, I mean, you could have to say Ryu. I mean, I don't see Soroka getting He has to be under him. 8K. Oh, he has to be under 8K also? Oh, oh yeah. can I pick a reliever? Can I? Can it be yeah, a reliever? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's, what options do I have? Stroman. Whoever pitches for the Blue Jays. 
All right, I'll take Lamette just because I know he has some K upside. Why not? Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust at the top? Uh, Lance Lynn. Or, no, actually, Griffin Canning. It has All to be right. over 8K, right? Over 8K? Yeah, I said that before. Griffin Canning. All right. I'll take um, Eflin. Give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run. Over 4K? Uh, I mean, if anyone, it's going to be Joey Gallo against Gan Canning. There you go. Staying on brand there. Um, Freddie Freeman is my guy. Give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Under 4K. I'm looking at the Blue Jays. I'm like, to get two hit, Justin Smoke. I like that one. That's a good one. I'm going to take Brock Holt. I have a weird feeling about him today. to take the ninth hitter in the, the Red Sox? Okay. That's right. Ninth hitter in the Red Sox, two-hit game, and one of them is going to be a home run. Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs. It's a four-game slate. There's probably going to be a few of them. Uh, who do you got? If I had to choose anyone, it's going to be that's going to be uh, Texas. I mean, that's the obvious one. All right, I'm going to take Atlanta. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, have fun at whatever you're doing for July 4th because these slates are awful. <laughs> Play one lineup. Enjoy barbecuing. Enjoy some fireworks and be safe. We'll be back Friday talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.